Hi, I'm Teresa, owner of T3Fit, and you're listening to the T3Fit podcast, where scoliosis warriors and professionals come together. Here we talk about our scoliosis journeys and the emotional components it takes on from being a parent to being diagnosed with scoliosis and sometimes leading to surgery. It's a place where professionals share their expertise of treatments, from physical therapy to surgery, and so much more. So let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome to the T3 Fit Scoliosis podcast. Today on the show, I'm going to try really hard to say her name in the French way, and I'm not French, so please excuse me if I'm going to get this wrong, and I know I'm going to get it wrong, but I'm going to try anyway. Welcome, <laughs> Angie, Angel, no, Angel, 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 okay, welcome Angel to the show. She is otherwise known as Living with Scoliosis on Instagram. Angel, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Can you tell us uh, your story of scoliosis from the time you were diagnosed, what your journey was, and where you are today? Yeah. So um, I first heard of scoliosis when I was about eight years old because my oldest sister was diagnosed with scoliosis. So we knew um, to keep an eye out on me um, since the age of eight. I think um, my curve starting started at around 10 years old. Um, and then we waited to put a brace on me until I was about 14, I would say. Yeah. And then I kept it for five years. Okay. Do you remember? So I'm going to interject with two questions. With your sister, when she was diagnosed, do you remember her curves and if they moved aggressively? And what were your curves when you were first diagnosed? Um, I don't remember my curves and I don't have any x-rays. Um, they were minimal. They were, it wasn't a big deal and they weren't too worried about it. Okay. Um, but for my sister, they did start bracing her also around the age of 14. I think okay. that's when she started um, getting worse. Um, and so, yeah, I wore the back brace for five years about, I wasn't very good at wearing my back brace. I, um, during the night I would take it off. Um, okay. and then I would use any excuse to take it off. Um, <laughs> But I was very good at swimming for an hour on my back and doing the yoga and doing all of those healthy things, Pilates and whatnot that were um, helping. Um, I never suffered of pain from okay. it. Um, but uh, the the brace was really hard for me to commit to. And okay. it didn't help me. So my sister was able to avoid surgery. She does have a big scoliosis. Um, I think hers is probably like 50 degrees and 40 degrees. Okay. So in some cases, they maybe in the future, they would recommend her getting surgery, but now she's had two healthy pregnancies and okay. she's doing well and she's not having any pain. Um, unfortunately for me, it did continue to worsen. 
and you had sur- you had surgery relatively recently right 4 months ago and i've seen your journey and part of your story on instagram how is it how is what's going what don't we see what's going on with you behind the scenes that we don't see in your daily life i know that yeah. you're very open on stories but like tell us tell us a little bit more about that Um, So my day-to-day life is getting back to normal. Um, I do have moments of sadness where I encounter mobility issues where I know I won't be able to do certain things I used to, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I am coming back to normal and things are are becoming normal. Um, I'm still managing pain and learning how to live with this new body. But I am pretty honest with everything that comes up on my journey with the spine, with scoliosis surgery and whatnot on my page. So I have been talking about even the most private things (laughs) I've shared um, on there. So I don't think there's anything I'm not showing. (laughs) Okay. How, how is your pain? What was your surgery like? Yeah. Do you you remember it or? I, I remember waking up um, from after surgery okay. in the, sorry for my English, but I don't know, the room where they wake you up. Oh, the recovery room. <laughs> the recovery yeah. room. Yeah. <laughs> and my biggest fear was to wake up paralyzed. Okay. And so I remember asking them, like, are my legs okay? And, you know. Yeah. Can I walk? And they did quick tests and I was fine. And they continued to test me throughout the two weeks I was in the hospital to make sure I wasn't losing any of that okay. mobility. Um, but yeah, I woke up and I actually felt pretty good after, right after, um, okay. apart for consciousness um, because of the morphine. Um, I didn't do well with the morphine. Um, it really caused a lot of intestinal issues and it made me, you know, very like tired and I was not doing well. So we quickly got me off of it. Mm-hmm. And um, the hardest days were the three days after surgery, like not, so the first three days after surgery, I wasn't quite feeling much, okay. but after it's when I started feeling more pain and I was starting to move more or we were expecting me to move more and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And when all the pain started and when everything kind of hit, because I was like, wait, I can't actually move like this, like I used to. And so that when, was the hardest part. Were you, were you also getting off the morphine at that time? I was. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And you, and you were in the hospital for two weeks. For 10 days. For 10 days. And you had the surgery in the States? Uh, in France. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Because, yeah. Okay. So 10 days. That's that's pretty good. Because I feel like now, from what I'm hearing, the surgery, people are out of the hospital within five days here. Yeah. So I don't quite understand how they do it. <laughs> <laughs> I am very happy I st- stayed 10 days at the hospital. Yeah. yeah. And, and then- I can't imagine other so then you had the surgery four months ago in France and Mm -hmm. then this is all during the pandemic right and then you came back to the states because you're based in Colorado now correct yeah so how was how was that 
And I'm going to ask this question because I get asked this question all the time, but going through the metal detector, did you go off? No. And no one would go off because at least nowadays, because they use titanium. Right. Um, so they told me, and before surgery, I asked, would this be an issue? Because I was like, I'm traveling in the United States. They're going to think I'm carrying a bomb. I don't want that. <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to have to explain. We cut my back open and the surgeon laughed and he was like, no, you're not gonna. Okay. Okay. So how, <laughs> so how was it? I mean, did you, were you at that point, were you able to walk at the terminal right. or did you, did you use a wheelchair or? Well, I walked. So after 10 days I was able to walk and I started, you know, uh, well, I started walking at, like at three days post-surgery, okay. um, little bit by little bit. And yeah, I was able to walk on my own. Um, I did ask for help. So I had someone that carried like my backpack and my suitcase. Mm -hmm. um, so I wouldn't have to do that. And okay. so I just had to walk. And um, between my flight um, from Paris to Denver um, to, for my connecting flight, um, I had like a shuttle. Okay. that drove the next um plane okay and, but when you travel internationally like that you can ask for help and you don't have to pay anything for that okay and how was it sitting on the flights so I was really lucky I was able to fly um in business class okay so I was laying down most of it and it actually went really smoothly okay can't even imagine having surgery and then getting on a flight yeah, well, I waited three months after. Okay. okay. Oh, okay. So okay. I had a three months recovery time in France. Um, okay. I did recovery in a um, in a PT center. So every okay. day for four hours, I was in the center, and they um, gave me massages. They did the tense um, electric stimulation mm -hmm. massages. You know, um, okay. swimming. I did it all. <laughs> okay. And, and let me ask you this. What is something, one or many things that you, ex that you didn't expect, like you had this vision of what your surgery was going to be like and what you were going to be like afterwards. And then you had the surgery and now you're in this new body and you weren't, ex you didn't think that that was going to happen before. Like you didn't anticipate, oh, this is who I am now. What's, what's something that... Sorry. That's a good question. Okay. Uh, it's actually a really good question. Um, I think part of me thought I was going to heal a lot faster than what I did mm -hmm. because I was so fit and healthy before surgery. Mm -hmm. I expected that I would heal quicker than what they thought, Okay. but I didn't. I healed in the same time frame than what they had told me I would. Okay. And what did they tell you? Um, so they say it takes like three months for you to become independent. Okay. And then, you know, so it was kind of like those timelines so far, they've been pretty on they've point. Been, okay. Okay. And how is life now? Uh, life is good. There's still some things I can't do on my own, like vacuum. I have to ask my husband okay. to do it. Okay. Um, but for the most part, I am doing everything on my own. I go grocery shopping. I drive which is weird. I drive for, I started driving like two weeks ago. Okay. Um, 
and yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing everything. I'm not working still um, because I do feel like if I have big days where I do a lot of things, I do need a rest. Okay. Um, more like the day after. And so I'm not back to normal. Okay. <laughs> uh, but they did say back to normal takes a whole year. I was going to say, what do you think, what, um, what do you envision your new normal to be like? What, what, what's the vision that you have in your mind of this new space, this new body, these new limitations? Like what, what is that normal to you? Well, I honestly, I'm just hoping that next, next year, next summer, I can go hiking like I used to. Okay. And that I won't see too much of a difference, even though I know there's a difference, but I'm hoping that I'll get to a point where I'll almost forget it. You know, I'm hoping that, of course, I'm never going to truly forget it because I am stuck in a certain position, but, um, (laughs) but I'm hoping that I get to a point where it doesn't become something I think about every day. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're forever straight whether we want it or not. <laughs> it's like, we have the best posture, but we're forever exactly. straight. We're forever it was actually straight. Funny. At like a workout class, they were like, so try and keep your back straight. I was like. <laughs> not a problem. To do that. <laughs> not a problem. Um, you, you practice yoga and I'd like to touch a little bit on that. How is that? So you've been able to practice post-surgery? Yeah, so I started not too long ago uh, to get back into it, but honestly, it's been hard mentally for me. I haven't had the discipline that I did before. I used to do um, at least half an hour yoga every day, and Mm -hmm. now I haven't been able to do that because it is a reminder of the mobility I have lost, and I am still struggling with that grief with that loss Mm -hmm. of mobility um and accepting it so I haven't been practicing but the few times I did practice at the end of the session I did feel good and I did Mm -hmm. feel the way I would after doing you know a different type of yoga Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day yoga isn't about the postures themselves but it's about the technique of breathing and you know, letting go and getting okay. into the meditation. And then it's not necessarily about, you know, the postures. Okay. I, I'm that this is the first time I've heard that I'm know like a little bit about yoga and that it's very interesting for me to hear that because I was always under the, that it's so much about posture and so much about the alignment. So and, that's and, like the American way of seeing yoga. Um, okay. Taught a different way um, by a, yoga instructor from India Um, and yoga is originally a ritual to get you into this meditation Mm -hmm. to guide you into a meditation so you can be connected with the universe Um, so of course it does have some physical it's good for your body Um, Mm -hmm. you know you're getting more mobility and whatnot but really the reason why I do it is for that calmness and inner peace that okay. it brings you. Okay. Which I think is such a, a valuable point because you just also spoke about like mourning the loss of who, what your body had so that the, the dynamics of what yoga was and what yoga is now bringing you it's there's, 
it sounds like a different space of peace of like mindset you know where you're just really coming to terms with what you said the loss of your mobility and um i we all struggle with that you know we all struggle with that but i think that 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 alone is just a really powerful and embracing uh sediment you know you're just like you're just saying you're it's self-acceptance yeah exactly and and i you know we all talk about this on social media on instagram and you know meeting people in purpose in person it's so much about self-acceptance and when we have the self-acceptance then we're like we're able to let it go and we soar but Mm -hmm. that that process takes time exactly so i'm just being very kind to myself mentally and physically um i try to do an hour of walking every day with my dog Mm -hmm. and maybe two or three times a week i'm gonna go to the hot springs and do some stretches in there that sounds (laughs) so nice it's actually quite nice um but i i do know i could be doing a lot more to help me Mm -hmm. um i could be doing the pt exercises i could be doing more yoga i could be doing more but i am also you know just trying to give myself let myself um you know take the time to do everything and it's okay if i'm not doing it all I feel like if we put too much stress on doing everything perfectly, then it's going, it's stopping the process too, yeah. in a way. Yeah, Getting- step back and say, okay, I don't have to do this today. And I'm still okay. It's Exactly. So I'm just trying to listen to my body and listen to my mind and see, you know, I wake up and I'm like, what do I want to do today? Not what am I expected to do today? Yeah. And that's helping me a lot. That's so valuable. Question for you. So I know that you're on Instagram and I'm going to try to say your name again correctly. Anjali? No. Angel. Angel. <laughs> you are on Instagram and your name on Instagram is Living with Scoliosis. If people have questions for you, they can reach out to you there. Um, is there anywhere else that somebody can come to you if they have questions about your story, about support anything where can they find you yeah the best way is instagram i did start a blog a couple years back but i haven't been very good at keeping up to date with it okay i'm instagram is really my main way of communicating with the rest of the world okay (laughs) is there is there anything else that you would like to share with us today on the podcast that we haven't touched on or Uh, Yeah, I think something big is people are asking me how I, why I chose to do surgery. And, um, and I know some people aren't, you know, are a little bit against surgery and some people are pro-surgery and whatever. It's a little bit like the vaccine in this department. It goes, um, and so I grew up not wanting to have the surgery. I did everything in my power to not do the surgery. Okay. Um, you know, I studied holistic nutrition. I practiced yoga and Pilates. I am actually an instructor in both of those. Okay. Um, and so I really tried my best to avoid surgery as much as I could. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to. And 
And I just want to remind people that if someone chooses to go through a major surgery like scoliosis, like spinal fusion, they most likely have taken the time to think about if it's the right thing for them. And yeah. I really hope that people can stop judging <laughs> each other for the choice of doing such a major surgery or questioning them on why. Um, the choice wasn't easy and I definitely went back and forth on the matter and I understand it's such a hard decision. Yeah. At the end of the day, I chose because my curvature was increasing and I'm not getting any younger and I do have a future ahead of me and I most likely want to become a parent and all of those little things that I thought now was the ideal time for me to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in some cases for someone else, it could be in 20 years and that's, that's fine too. Um, so yeah, that's just really one I wanted to share okay. because there's so much out there. What, what was the time, what was the time frame from when you were diagnosed to when you had surgery? And do you, you don't remember your curves when, before you had your surgery? Oh, before my surgery, I do know I was at okay. 60 degrees um, okay. on the top curve okay. and like 55 on the bottom curve. Okay. But um, so I was diagnosed uh, around like 10 or something like that. And I got surgery at 28. At the age of 18, I technically could have had surgery. I was at 50 degrees. Okay. Um, but my surgeon that I the person I had saw didn't want to do surgery. He was like, you are healthy. And um, my shoulders and my hips and my um, cervicals were aligned. Mm-hmm. So he thought it wasn't necessary. And he said to come back in 10 years. And if it had gotten worse, then we most likely would do surgery. Okay. And that is, unfortunately, I wasn't able to stop the curve on my own. And was this all in France or was this in the States? In France. Okay. Yeah, I grew up in France. Okay. 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 Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't quite sure. (laughs) No, but people don't know, especially with my accent. A lot of the time, they think I'm American, but no. (laughs) It's a little deceiving. So you had you had 18 years, basically, from the time you were diagnosed until the surgery. Yeah. That's that's a lot of thinking. That's a that's a very intense thought process, even from the time of 10 years. Right. And, um, yeah. Exactly. And even 10 years ago, I definitely was against surgery. I did not want to have surgery. I didn't mm-hmm. want to hear about it. It was not a, it wasn't an option for me. Okay. Um, but it was five years ago where, no, not five. It was three years ago. I went to get an x-ray update and, you know, the x-rays don't lie. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, well, now I need to rethink my, you know, my thoughts on this. And I tried my best um, to avoid it, but clearly it's not getting any better, even with everything that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And this was the next step. Exactly. This was the next step. This was the next step that was right for your decision process through all of this. Exactly. And is there anything that you wish that you had done differently? Just whichever side of the spectrum? Um, I guess sometimes I wonder if I had worn my back brace better, if that would have helped. But even then, 
I don't think it would have changed the outcome. Okay. So no, there's nothing I would have changed. Um, I could have done the surgery 10 years ago, right? At 18 and maybe would have been an easier process okay. than now, but also the materials 10 years ago were different. Yeah. And so I'm actually happy I got to wait those 10 extra years. They gave me a little bit more mobility, not a lot, like a millimeter more, but <laughs> a millimeter more, but you know, <laughs> a millimeter more so are you are do you have harrington rods or are you tethered or i have rods yeah okay okay, okay. from my t1 to l4 so okay. 16 brace. okay and and life is good and life is good it's getting better okay yeah i'm still learning how to swim again which is i really didn't expect it to take this long to learn how to swim again but one one stroke at a time yeah one, really <laughs> one stroke at a time okay I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna try again uh angel no yeah Angel, i would like to thank you for being a guest on the t3 fit scoliosis podcast if anybody has any questions you can reach out to her on living with scoliosis on instagram she is there and angel thanks for being a guest on the show of course, thank you for having me. If you like this episode, chances are there's someone else out there who needs to hear it too. So it would be a huge favor to me if you'd go ahead and give us a five-star review. It helps me get the message out to more people. And if you need help moving in pain, then download my five free tips and I'll catch you on the next episode.